Why, yes, it is good to be back. Back here in the friendly confines of the Steve Day Show studios. Here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Good to see you again, Todd Erzin. Hello. In person. Same to you, Aaron McIntyre. I don't think you and I have actually been in a room together since last Thursday. We both made trips to Florida, but... Here we are. So it's been a minute. Our good buddy Josh Hammer will be joining us here momentarily for the Dace Group. Hey, we want to let you know, I know Friday night's movie night for a lot of you. Our colleague Jason Whitlock was kvetching on Twitter last night about, I really miss movie theater popcorn, but there's nothing that gets me into the theaters right now. You know, and, and I mean, this is the, f- the least amount of times other than the lockdown year in my life, you know, since I was able to go to the movies as a kid. This is the least amount of times I've gone to the movies during this time of year in my entire life, except for the COVID year, because there is almost nothing out right now. Nothing. However, we are doing something new here at The Blaze. Uh, earlier this year, there was a fantastic film called The Blind, uh, the true life story uh, about the spiritual uh, conversion and transformation of our own Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty fame. The movie's really well done. It's really good. And now if you missed it in theaters or if you want to see it again, it's the kind of redemption story that Hollywood just doesn't do a lot of anymore. And now you can watch it. You don't have to give your money to Apple or Amazon. Uh, You can rent it uh, PVOD, premium video on demand. Uh, You can rent it from us now. Instead, the first time we've ever offered a theatrical grade movie like this. Uh, to our our viewers and uh, our listeners here uh, on the blaze just go to blaze tv.com slash the blind 1999 is what it'll cost you tonight for a premium video on demand you can watch this or anytime this weekend uh, blaze tv.com slash the blind now this is this is this doesn't pull many punches Okay, I mean, it's not vulgar or anything of that nature, but it's very honest. It's very raw. Uh, You get to see what uh, Phil Robertson was like before and after Jesus. Okay, so blaze TV dot com slash the blind. But it's really good. Really good. Blaze TV dot com slash the blind. All right. Feedback Friday coming your way next hour on the show. But let's get it started. It is time for the day's group. There he is, Josh Hammer, who somehow has still managed to deceive Newsweek into keeping him employed all this time. We all lost the bet. We, we all had to tap out George Costanza. We had a pool going here. How long you're going to last over there, Josh? And we all lost. All right. So congratulations to whoever you got blackmail material on, brother. It's good to see that you're still there. How are you, man? I'm doing well, Steve. Sorry to miss you when you were in Florida, but it's always a pleasure to join the Dace group. Indeed. And uh, we may, depending on timing, we may not get another chance to do this. So I want to make sure we do this now. But but Josh has a very important event coming up here in the not too distant future. He is crossing, shall we say, a threshold, if you know what I mean. So happy preemptive nuptials. Uh, to to jo- the, the the future Mr. and Mrs. Hammer, and uh, we're very happy for you, brother. So we wanted to say congrats before we forgot. Thanks so much, Steve. Yeah, it's coming up on December 17th, God willing. So five weeks away. It's getting real close. Well, let's go ahead and just have your bachelor party right here. Issue one, bleep Lord Nefarious says. Focus on my finger, please. I am. You're just like trying to intimidate me. 
I don't know how I'm trying to do that. This is the test. As you know, as an indigenous person, and there's a bunch of going around, I'm sorry, but it's just for me to be on my toes. You gotta repent, sir, for murdering babies. Why? Because it's a sin before God. <sighs> Why? Well, <sighs> stinky breath. Yeah, Why? that's pretty. That's pretty evil of you, sir. Yeah, I am. And, and I hope and pray that you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that you come to Christ. No, sir. I don't go to Christ. Yeah, you. I don't you, listen to Christ. You, you will have a darkened heart, sir. I do have a darkened yeah. heart. Yeah. You have a darkened heart. I do. I do very, very much. And so. you will stand yeah. before God in judgment. Yes, day, I remember? will. Every day. You will stand before God and judge. Yes, day, I right? will. Every day. All of the babies that I you have killed. I love it. I love it. Yeah, keep tearing the babies. Yeah, apart. I will. Do you remember that I told you that I'm non-binary? Yeah, I'll try my hardest. I'll refer to you as Kai, right? Yes. Now with your right foot, place it in front of your left in a heel-to-toe touching manner with your arms by your side, just like this, ma'am. Can you not call me ma'am, please? I'm trying my hardest. Okay, okay. Okay. It means a lot to me. I'm trying my hardest. I don't feel like a man, so... Okay. It's kind of triggering. If there's any chance of us being able to act constructively to do something, it will require an admission of complexity and maintaining what on the surface may seem contradictory ideas. That, that what Hamas did was horrific and there's no justification for it. And what is also true is that the, the occupation and what's happening to Palestinians is, is unbearable. I'm sorry, but the whole man thing, just like... I apologize. Let's see if we can move forward from it. You have zero questions? I just want to tell you that I suffer from really bad anxiety, especially uh, with generational trauma and PTSD around white people and cops. Like, What is true here is that every single one of them has not acknowledged the fact that Palestinians are dying in the tens of thousands, but will continue to say it is us who are not acknowledging humanity. Rashida will stand strong. Gentle ladies, time has expired. And the movement will continue for liberation until every single Palestinian has the right G to gentlemen live from Maryland in liberty. I'm going to speak with you right over here, okay? No. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead and place your hands behind your back. Don't, dude. Don't make don't. it hard. Please. Don't make it hard. No, nope. you're... You're going to get a resistance. Dude, I... You're gonna get. I don't. Don't resist. Don't listen to me. Don't resist. Don't. You're being Come a here. white man, and Come don't. Here. I followed all of your. Shit. Like I'm an indigenous person. Like you guys. You guys are scaring me. At least we got a happy ending there. Can we go back to talking about Josh's upcoming wedding? I mean, I, I, I'm just like. Josh, you're the guest, so you get to go first. What, what did you just so, watch? What was this? 
Yeah, great question. Um, so that doctor, I guess he's an abortionist. That was deeply disturbing. I mean, if that is not demonic forces operating in this world, I, I, I'm not sure what that is. I mean, I, I kind of thought like that we were going to have like a kind of like a remake in mini form there of the Exorcist movie and like the spinning head or something like that, the projectile vomiting across the room. That that was seriously demonic stuff happening right there. But I guess we probably have to talk about Barack Obama. So. This is a podcast interview that has. But you made repeat the yourself. But you repeat yeah, right. yourself. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Right. Yes. Yes. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, this podcast that Obama did with Pod Saves America, his former staffers. This clip has really made the rounds. There, you see Obama pause very deliberately before essentially every word, which is a way of us understanding that he intends every single word that he says. And there's no way of watching that clip and coming away with any other conclusion that this man, a former commander in chief of the United States Armed Forces, who took that solemn constitutional oath to protect and defend the United States. So help me, God. He is both sizing this situation in the Middle East. And here's the key part. At a time where there are at least 15 to 20 American citizen hostages currently rotting away in Hamas overrun subterranean mm -hmm. terror tunnels in Gaza. You know, if he had said that while he was acting commander in chief, I legitimately think that's treasonous. I think that is impeachment worthy right there for someone to so grossly undermine the safety and security, the life, frankly, the lives of American citizens held there. For, for, you know, for a former president to say it, maybe it's not literally treasonous under the constitutional language, but it's nothing short of absolutely disgusting and appalling. It really is Barack Obama's fault, of course, that we're in this situation in the, in the first place. Barack Obama was the one who had the nuclear deal with Iran. He empowered this horrific terror jihad exporting regime but once you empower iran that's how you start empowering hamas hezbollah the whole region the arab essence, spring yeah exactly it was yeah. all on fire due to barack obama we thankfully had four years of tranquility under president trump we had the abraham accords and all of that but now we're right back to where we started in what is essentially the third obama term josh help me understand how is it an occupation when when the israelis granted the Palestinians, or which essentially a front for Hamas, their own autonomous state there in Gaza in 2006. I mean, what, what more did they want the Israelis to do other than hand over their own territory to grant people that at, at, the, at the most liberal interpretation of of, of claims of the land, it's question, it's disputed. That's the most liberal interpretation we could give is that this the land is in dispute. And so they granted them an autonomous state there in Gaza. What more? And yet they're still being accused of being occupiers. What more were they supposed to do? I'm asking what what, what was left to do other than just not live? I don't understand what was left to do. Well, you want the real answer, Steve? Yes. The real answer is what you just said. The real answer is that they should die. Uh, th that is actually what these people deep down in their very depraved, satanic, demonic hearts actually wish. That is what the people on college campuses all across America, the people protesting in the streets of London, Sydney, Australia, Chicago, New York City, you name it. The people that are chanting resistance against colonialism is justified, globalize the intifada, glory to our martyrs from the river to the sea, Palestine shall be free. These are all euphemisms. They are euphemisms the same way that the, that the pro-abortion crowd says pro-choice to hide the fact that they support killing unborn children. These are not so clever euphemisms that these d demonic, diabolical people use to try to hide the fact that they actually want more dead Jews. That really is what they want.
Todd. Uh, I obviously I second everything Josh said, uh, and it, I, it, I, I feel trivial moving on from the subject at all. Um, but I will just comment on the video with the indigenous gender confused, whatever. Um, I find it fascinating on multiple levels. You, you heard in there, she called the police officer, dude. Did, was there any reciprocation on any level? Did she ask him what his pronouns were? Or did she just assume? Did she, did she commit the same breach of etiquette? There's that. And also, uh, the, the police officer, I, I think we all know, and, and, and this is an understated point that I think a lot of people had missed. L look at the links. This police officer goes with this nonsense when it's been Bible readers on public sidewalks at a transgender event, they've been arrested. Silent prayers. Yes, yeah, silent, silent prayers, prayers in, in London arrested. arrested now. You won't wear your mask. Arrested. You're playing with your kids at a park. Arrested. So that American police officer there, the, the whole apparatus that just look at the verbal gymnastics it went through for that piece of human debris and all the other people it's arrested which all plays into going back to what just said this this is how that climate that exists where now jews are being hunted in the open across the world including on american universities that's how it exists this ridiculous up is down down is up hermeneutic that we have convinced ourselves as the smart comfortable people it's appalling it's disgusting aaron yeah i just want to note the uh, abortionists that that video is a few years old but it made the rounds again this week and i thought it was worth putting in the the, the rundown again and i i am with uh, josh that barack obama is is the worst of this week Evil confuses the brain and rots the soul by making complicated things simple and simple things complex. Most often it's the latter. It is not complicated. It is not complicated what's happening right now over in Israel. They have every right to defend themselves and to root out this evil, no matter what that takes. It's simple. But no, he just says it out and out. We need to admit complexity here. Evil uh, thrives when there are no clear boundaries and where there are no clear, um, no clear truths, obviously. And it thrives when there are gray areas. And what complicating true or simple things does is it creates myriad gray areas. And that's what you see Barack Obama attempting to do. Um, Josh is absolutely right. It is just another euphemism for what they always has, have wanted to do. And it has been disheartening at best to see how many people, not just the crazy pro-Hamas uh, uh, protesters that we've seen all over the world, including in the U.S. It's been disheartening at best to see how many people in our country alone who maybe wear the same jerseys on a lot of other issues, but don't really sound that much different from the pro-Hamas crowd. Disheartening at best. At worst, well, that's something else. 
on a scale of 1 to 10 as we go to the exit question, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the odds RNC chairwoman Rana Romney McDaniel knows what to do with elections, and 10 being the odds Lindsey Graham knows what oh, to do no. with erections. Oh, my I wasn't going to. This has been such a somber conversation. I was just going to skip the whole thing. But I kind of felt like we needed this even more, actually, now. I thought, like, I just felt like it, Josh would walk away disappointed. That's the only reason he comes on the show, quite It frankly. is. This, this, this is my favorite part of the day's group is the it Lindsey is. Graham show. It is. And I was just going to let the whole thing go. But then I thought, no, man, this everybody needs a good chuckle right about now. I mean, we got into democide, exterminations, holocausts. I think everybody needed a bit of a chuckle. Rank. <laughs> We're That's all a, chuckling. And Aaron. That's a preview. And Aaron, 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 Aaron saw, yeah. saw it coming around the bed. He's yeah. like, no, no, no. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Rank this week's level of total depravity, Aaron. 10. Todd. 10. Josh. 10. Uh, yeah, that. That was definitely a 10 and a good opportunity to tell you about our friends over at Samaritan Ministries. You know, this time of year, a lot of us are making decisions about what to do with our health care in the coming year. Maybe you've noticed, like everything else, those prices have gone up. So before making a final decision of what to do, here's three reasons you should take a look at the health care sharing offered by Samaritan Ministries. Number one, you're part of a Christian community so that when you have a medical need, Samaritan members will send money directly to you to help pay for your bills, and you'll do the same for them, but also while you're praying and encouraging one another. Uh, Two, there's no networks, which puts you in control of your family's health care. You know what's best for them, so you choose the doctors and hospitals and the treatments uh, that uh, you want to go to and receive. And then third, you get to set your own start date. You can join today, or you can choose what month in, in the future that you'd like to start. It's up to you. So whether it's a broken bro- broken bone, something to celebrate, like a pregnancy, something uh, that uh, can be scary, like cancer or another medical emergency, you'll find comfort knowing you're connected to 80,000 Christian households across the nation who stand ready to care for one another spiritually and financially during a time it is needed most. And that could be way more affordable than what you're paying now. Why not find out? Check it out at SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. Let's get to issue two. Look at the polls. The latest polls in the Real Clear Politics national polling average for the GOP primary have Donald Trump leading the field in the latest Trafalgar Group poll by approximately one kajillion points. In the CBS News poll that came out recently, he's leading by one bazillion points. In the newest CNN poll, he's leading by a bazillion points. In the new Morning Consult poll out this week, Trump is leading by approximately one quintillion points. Anyway, here's that kajillion point lead visualized. Kim Jong-un leads 1.4 billion people, and there's no doubt about who the boss is. So we keep being told to look at the polls. Um, Let's look at the results. All right. I mean, let's look at what keeps happening in actual elections. Right. So explain to me how it's possible there have now been, by my count, um, if you count this election cycle, I mean, we get into the hundreds if we counted every legislative race. But by my count, there have been well over 40 uh, either states or off year special or um, uh, off year elections. And. Democrats have destroyed Republicans collectively 
all year long. Going into Tuesday night, they, they had outperformed in the previous 34, they had outperformed the partisan demographic in the previous 34 by an average of nine points. And then Tuesday night was an absolute massacre where Republicans are reduced to, we held Mississippi. Okay, that's, 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 that's your golden fleece on election night. And, and so I'm just wondering, you know, how much longer are we going to fall for this canard? True or false, Todd? Leading in polls conducted by media, we know, lies to us about everything else. Literally does matter more to the American right than winning actual elections themselves. Is that true or false? Well, it's at least a tie. I'll give it a true because, again, it, it's, it's part uh, of the show. We are an emotion-based people now. Again, I, I say without apology, we I, we have a candidate in Ron DeSantis who, from our coming of age, Steve, as good as a candidate as we possibly could have hoped for, both in terms of principle and then practice. And yet we also have him at this moment. I mean, the timing of it all, but it's not good enough because he doesn't do a soft shoe, you know, the way he, the, the tap dance isn't quite what you'd like. So, yeah, of course, uh, it's true. But with you and Josh here, you having the background in a lot of polls and Josh being the lawyer, I, I just want to follow up with a question. That that maybe we deserve it, but looking for a genuine accountability anywhere, we're certainly looking at a COVID, you've written books. At what point, if, if, if they are this off on bajillion point leads, if they are off... And and uh, DeSantis comes through with a win or it's close. At what point do we not file fraud charges with these people? We do this with co- other companies. See, I, I, I don't know that we want that to be the case. I, I, that's my question. My question is that we are the sports fan who wants to listen to the talk shows all week long. But you know what? About, I about how we're going to win the game. And getting involved in those conversations matters more than if the team actually wins the damn game. Yeah, but they're seduced into living like that because there's never any constant. They're to blame for they should be blamed for what they're to blame for. But in a world without consequences, this is what happens. I mean, I, I saw people on Twitter this week when when DeSantis put when, when DeSantis and some of his people went on Twitter. They know anything about winning elections at all. They won any recent ones. Can you guys think of, you know, actual elections where where people actually vote? You, Josh, forgive me. You live in Florida, right? You, I believe you live there. Okay. Yep. I, I believe y'all had an election recently, correct? In, 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 in that state? Yeah. Who won that election? Josh, can you remind me who, who it was? Uh, Ron DeSantis won by 19.4 right. points and okay. Republicans swept the entire cabinet here for the first time since Reconstruction. Okay. So you think that person might have some... And, and the operation that, that, that performed that victory might have at least a modicum of credibility of what it would take for Republicans to win elections, right? I, I saw people on Twitter say, because they're not doing well in the polls right now for president, they, they don't have any credibility about what it takes to win elections. As if, damn polls! Months, if not weeks, if not a full year before people vote again, matter more than the games! This would be, than the elections themselves! This would be like saying to, a, to a Nick Saban, hey, it, it, it doesn't matter you won all those national championships. You're an underdog to Georgia this weekend. 
Yeah, but they haven't even played the you, game, man. You're not even making an analogy, Steve. They're the same people. Yeah. Everything is an open fraud. What happened in Florida and Iowa, they're unicorns. There's never any consequences for anything. That We just go back to what Josh says. How does that exist on universities? Because universities have been open frauds of intellectual insight for a long time. We don't actually do Socratic dialogue there. We don't actually do intellectual insights there. We do, you know, women's studies programs there. it's a fraud everywhere you look how can it be otherwise until we prosecute somebody whether it's the pharmaceutical companies whether it's the people doing these polls people are all going to steer themselves to that the lowest common denominator yeah it's not just the system this entire damn country is astroturf there's very few places that you can look around and say that's real that's actually making a difference. That's actually of some import uh, in the long term. Because we as the people, we, we the people, with very few exceptions, we're just astroturf. We're, we're just fake. We are just fake. That's why Todd, that's why Todd said when you're trying to make the, analogy, the sports analogy, Steve, I, I really believe these polls could be like right on the money true. And if the election were tomorrow... They could pr- be proven to be false, or at least the election would ch- turn out differently than the pol- polls showed, because the level of devotion to polling is probably higher than the level of devotion to actually getting up and yes. Voting. Josh, tell us we're wrong about this. I, I don't think you guys are wrong. Look, I mean, uh, starting a few cycles ago, to me, it started to become fairly obvious that the entirety of polling in America is itself. A, a basically a big psyop. It's essentially a big psychological warfare operation. I mean, I think back to this one Washington Post ABC News poll in the state of Wisconsin. It was a week at the most, maybe it might have been even less than a week before the 2020 election. Oh, yeah, that if Trump I was going to lose by 18 points. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it might have been 19. But like, yeah. I, I mean, Wisconsin was ended up being well less than 1%, if I recall. I mean, I, I think Todd is probably onto the right idea here. I mean, like, what is the purpose of these companies if they are literally just putting out fraudulent p- products meant to deceive us? I mean, it's good for people like us who work in this space full time because it gives us more stuff to talk about. But it, it's totally misleading to the American consumer, totally misleading to the voter. And they're basically out at this point to essentially demoralize people for, and preventing them from heading to the polls. Now, even Trafalgar, which, by the way, was probably the most accurate pollster in 2020, they botched it last cycle. Trafalgar was not good in 2022. You know, I can't remember the what's his name, the guy who runs Trafalgar. I'm blanking on his name right now, but I had him on my show before the midterm elections. We had a great conversation, but, you know, both of our predictions ended up being wildly off base. So it's very hard even for the good guys to get this thing consistent year in and year out there. So I, I, I hate I, I would like to say you guys are wrong, but I don't think you are. If we're not, what does that mean? If, if, if it's true, we care more about the perception of winning. Like we're being told right now, Joe Biden has this incredibly low approval rating. And yet, in an off-year, low-turnout election, it's, that didn't drive the results at all. That, that didn't drive. The, it was actually the it was actually your thoughts about the guy that the polls are saying he's losing to Trump that drove your results. Look at Kentucky. OK, Cameron's closing pitch. The only ad he ran the last two weeks of the campaign was a Trump endorsement ad. That's the only ad he ran. That was his closing pitch in the race. The other two statewide candidates that didn't have a Trump endorsement won comfortably. He lost Comfort- by five points. Comfortably. comfortably. How, how is it possible yes. that Joe Biden has a 37 percent approval rating? 
But the guy that's supposedly, look at the path. It's his baggage that determines all these elections. How is this possible? There's something fundamentally wrong. All right. It, 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 and it's either that the polls are pure psyops or the Republican Party just has no, no actual on the ground turnout mechanism of any substance well, whatsoever well, both. or both. It's definitely both. But it's but it's at and least one of those two or both. Both. And it, it's more than that. We're, we're the passivity uh, that comes with polls. It's 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 it. it, it, it where it is an analogy to sports it's it's you know we have we root for people with a bloodlust we uh, all the time and we don't know them they don't know us uh but it's just you know pom-poms go 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 that's not citizenry citizenry is invested interest we because but because we're not uh, actual citizens anymore we can manipulate it uh emotionally and we aren't ever willing to do the actual legwork of showing up and doing our part that level of disconnect is cancerous it All cannot right. be overcome well said quickly we got a minute if you could make one unilateral change to the republican party exit question what would it be aaron uh put myself in as rnc chair uh chairman Ditch i like Rana. it i like it todd uh, start the process ourselves without apology. Just have term limits within the Republican Party. Josh. I mean, I think the, I think Ron has definitely got to go, but we've got to start winding down the era of Trump as well, as you guys all know very well. I mean, this goes goes back to Romney, McCain. I mean, the, the, the this party loves recycling its losers. And it doesn't matter whether they're MAGA or establishment or neocon or rhino. It's a party that loves to recycle its losers. More in a moment. Did you know that a majority of U.S. pork production comes from a company that has Chinese ownership? Now, to be fair, for the last few decades, we've allowed just about everything in this country to have Chinese ownership. Nevertheless, there is something you can do about that with our friends over at Moink. They deliver grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. And Moink farmers farm like the grandparents' generations and all the previous generations did, you know, before people had every food allergy known to man and our food was hyper-processed. Farm to table because the family farm does it better. And that Moink difference is a difference that you can taste as well. So uh, you get to choose the meat delivered in every box from ribeyes to chicken breast to pork chops to salmon fillets and much more. And you can cancel at any time. So keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com com slash Steve right now. Moinkbox, M-O-I-N-K. Moinkbox.com slash Steve. Sign up right now. And if you do, you get free ground beef for a year. You can't beat it. Moinkbox.com, M-O-I-N-K. Moinkbox.com slash Steve for free ground beef for a year, but for a limited time at Moinkbox.com slash Steve. Let's get back to our weekly look at the week that was. Josh Hammer, now editor over at Newsweek. He not only hung on, they gave him more authority, uh, which I'm just flabbergasted, man. And you got to tell me how you do it, okay? Uh, But let's get to issue three. Israel enters Gaza. 
Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu went on Fox News and gave an update about Israel's progress amidst their ground campaign in Gaza. I think the Israeli army is uh, performing exceptionally well. Uh, it's fighting the terrorists, both above ground and below ground. We're doing everything in our power to reduce uh, civilian casualties. We've uh, managed safe zones so they, and safe corridors so civilians can heed our call to leave, even though Hamas is trying to keep them in. Uh, and I think the, uh, the war is proceeding well. We're going to continue until we eradicate Hamas. Nothing will stop that. We're absolutely committed to victory, which is not only our victory, but it's the victory of the entire civilized world against barbarism. Do you still believe that the Hamas leadership, including um, Yahya Sinwar, is still in or underneath Gaza City? Oh, it's there, but uh, we'll get there. To get those leaders, how long do you envision this being? Is, will it be an occupation of Gaza for months and months? Well, first of all, we don't want to seek to govern uh, Gaza. We don't seek to occupy it, but we seek to give it and us a better future in the entire Middle East. And that requires defeating Hamas. All right, first question here, gents, as, uh, as Israel enters the next phase of this war now, um, you know, we're talking, you know, structure to structure, building to building combat in Gaza in order to uproot Hamas, which has in many places tunneled itself deep underneath things like schools and hospitals and other community uh, structures and buildings. As we get set into this phase, what has been, do you think, the biggest plus and minus of the war effort thus far or the discussion surrounding it? Josh, let us begin with you. So the biggest plus so far is based on everything that I have read and all the conversations that I've had with folks on the ground. I actually had a 24-year Mossad veteran on my show recently, someone who reached very high in the agency. It's based on all those conversations. Everyone seems to be pleased from a strict military perspective how the current operation is going. They're achieving a lot of their objectives on a much more rapid, faster timeline. They're, they're in Gaza City. They're, it's only a matter of time before they start going tunnel by tunnel, trying to ferret out people like Sinwar, the Hamas leader currently in Gaza. Recall that Hamas's actual leaders, by the way, don't actually live in Gaza. They live in Doha, Qatar, and Istanbul, Turkey. But the, the Hamas leadership in Gaza is there underneath Gaza City. They will, they're all dead men walking. So from a, from a military standpoint, it's actually going pretty well. The only other thing that comes to mind as far as what's going well is that Hezbollah on the northern front on Lebanon, while they have been active, I mean, there's been a lot of rocket fire at Kiryat Shimona, which is a very northern city in Israel near Lebanon, but they haven't been as active as many feared that they would. And I think that Hassan Nasrallah, who's the head of Hezbollah, is actually genuinely scared of, of provoking a larger Israeli response. So that front is actually going well as well. The, the, the downsides so far are, are twofold. One is that from the hostage perspective, we simply have not been able to locate or free more of the hostages other than those two who were freed a few weeks ago. So that's been disappointing so far. Hopefully more good news to come. And then the big obvious disappointment has just been how disgusting the reaction from so much of the idiots around the world has been in what is so clearly, as Prime Minister Netanyahu says, a, a very clear black versus white style of conflict. Not every foreign policy conflict, by the way, Steve, is you know, fits that World War II era good versus evil description. You know, mm -hmm. I've taken a much more nuanced approach on Russia and Ukraine. It's not obvious to me that this is authoritarianism versus democracy in the Donbass of eastern Ukraine. Foreign policy is complicated stuff, but sometimes you actually really do get a very simple, straightforward foreign policy conflict between a good guy and a bad guy. That is what is happening here, and it's been really disheartening, to say the least, to see so many fail to grasp that. 
back to Hezbollah, is it possible? Are they posturing? Meaning, because you, you're right, there was anticipation or fear, maybe is another word, that this was going to broaden into multiple fronts almost right away. And is there, do you think that maybe they're launching missiles almost as a posturing? Yeah, solidarity, we're with you, but not enough they would actually draw the full ire of the IDF and its allies so they maintain some form of street cred within their world. Yeah, I think that's probably exactly right. And the other thing that they're afraid of, of course, is that the United States, last time I checked, still has multiple aircraft carrier strike groups sitting there off of Israel. I mean, which is they're not doing anything. They're just there as a pure form of deterrence. But apparently that American deterrent is actually working quite well. So, you know, between that and um, yeah, I mean, look, Hezbollah and Lebanon at this point are essentially interchangeable. That happened within the past decade only. It's really been disheartening to see Beirut become just a total bastion of jihad the same way that Damascus, Syria or any of these other cities are. But at this point, they're basically probably doing what you say, Steve. I think they're probably just trying to show face, to show some sort of quote-unquote solidarity. But you know what's really funny, actually? So Nasrallah gave this speech from Lebanon last Friday. I forgot who it was on Twitter, but someone had a very funny comment where he basically said, Hassan Nasrallah just gave a speech that would be rejected by half of the Columbia University faculty lounge as being too moderate when it comes to war against Israel. So, you know, something to ponder there. Aaron, your thoughts? So I, I think what's um, what's been most heartening is that there actually is action right now and not action for action's sake, uh, but there is action in Gaza right now. I know our friend Daniel Horowitz has been and I think maybe he continues to be a little skeptical that Prime Minister Netanyahu will do what needs to be done when it comes to rooting out Hamas. But at, at, at least they are taking action in Gaza right now. It still remains to be seen whether they will go the full measure or whether this will be another half measure. They cannot have a half measure here. That is not an option if they want to uh, if they want to have peace and prosperity in the future. So that's probably the most heartening thing to me. What concerned me in the comments that you just heard from Netanyahu, and I think maybe he's just saying this so that. Uh, he is um, uh, not saving face is not the right term, uh, but maybe playing coy with the rest of the Arab world is he's not looking to govern the areas uh, in Gaza. Uh, you kind of have to now at this point. That's kind of what is required is that you need to take over Gaza once a, once again and uh, and do what needs to be done. So. I don't know. I'm cautiously optimistic at this point, but we'll just uh, we will wait and see whether whether what needs to be done actually gets done. Todd. Again, I second everything Josh said uh, in some in, in some of the particulars, if it's if it's true and you never know from Biden's babblings what's true or not. But if Biden did, in fact, request for a ceasefire. Uh, and baby just told him, oh, yeah, get bent. That's a positive. Really, really enjoy that on multiple levels. Uh, negatives, this odd thing going on, people coming back at me like nobody, I, nobody that I know of has said send American troops over to fight for Israel. That's I mean, I just even haven't seen it, heard of it. And people coming back. Uh, and me like, yeah, you go, I'm not sending my sons to that. You go send your, your daughter's tough guy. Like the, again, just like there's, there's a level of, 
Trumpistan doofery involved in all of this that simply cannot abide, as as uh, Josh said. They, they, this is not the, the war in Ukraine and the war in Israel. They're not the same thing. They're not even close to the same thing. The ridiculous, childish, connect the dots, paint by numbers thinking that's going on out there is just stupid in the extreme. Is it possible? Is it possible there can be a non-terrorist influenced Palestinian state called Gaza? You uproot Hamas, hand the people back the keys. Absolutely not. They vote for what? Absolutely not. I, I mean, the, the relevant term there, not to go full lawyer, Steve, is possible. I, I mean, like, I mean, is it like literally possible? Is it like a one to five percent chance? Sure. I mean, one of my first thoughts was that after this is done and after Hamas is eradicated, you could essentially forcibly install some sort of puppet government. I mean, like some sort of Arab Zionist puppet government. It's probably easier to just go with the full Monty to just actually reoccupy, to re-annex it. Uh, a, a lot of people in Israel apparently do not want that. And understandably so. I mean, you know, this is a very radicalized two million mm-hmm. Arab population. It's a whole denazification process. Want I mean, those people voting in your elections? Yes. Yeah, there's yeah. no good solutions here at all, honestly. Yeah. No. No. You know why? Name me the one time in seven thousand years of recorded human history, land for peace has worked. Yeah, there seems to be a template for yeah, that. Yeah, that never, never really does. All right, let's get to the uh, to the exit question then. Um. How confident are you that this war can be contained to its current theater of conflict, Aaron? Fifty uh, percent. Todd? Less than that. Josh? You know, I'll be the optimist, actually. I mean, based on Hezbollah's reaction so far, I, I, I'm actually cautiously optimistic about that. I mean, I, I'll go probably 75, 80 percent. All right, let's get to the kicker topic on issue four. Anybody have any advice for Zelensky? I mean, he has been desperately seeking the spotlight. He's been uh, kicked to the curb uh, ever since uh, war uh, in Israel broke out and starving for relevancy. Um, He kind of went like, you know, full televangelist earlier this week, you know, in, in, in one of his approaches. So. Any advice for the forgotten green shirt, Todd, since you're wearing a a slightly green shirt today in solidarity with uh, Mr. Zelensky, I'm sure. Well, he's an actor with a fetish for cross-dressing, so hear me out. He dresses up like Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction, (laughs) puts a pot on the stove. I will not be ignored. And says, yes, I will not just be ignored. I like that idea. See, I thought you were going to go full drag queen story time hour. There's so many options. Because that could work, too. All right. What do you think, Josh? I think that Vladimir Zelensky should hold elections. I mean, this whole notion of authoritarianism versus democracy, this ridiculous faux manufactured framing that we were supposed to view this conflict in, you know, it it collapsed a long time ago, but it really collapsed earlier this week when Zelensky announced that he was going to just skip the next round of elections and not bother to hold them. You know, Zelensky is literally the furthest thing from Abraham Lincoln, but Lincoln set an amazing precedent in the United States where at a time of literal civil war, he actually held elections. If Zelensky has any fiber of, of of moral justness and righteousness in his body and it's not really clear to me at this point that he does he should go and held elections aaron 
So he was begging for credit this week, not just money. He said, you know, if you can't send us money, just give us a line of credit. Um, I don't know. I've driven past this, like, payday loan shop over on Hickman and Merle Hay. They might be able to hook you up, Zelensky. They might be able to hook you up with a few bucks. You can buy a few more bullets, go pew pew. I don't know. I don't know how long that'll last you, but there's some some pretty good um, prestigious, you might say, payday loan places that you can check out. I, I know you guys all saw the story last week that the Biden administration is contemplating now, just brokering, trying to broker an agreement with Russia. You keep the Donbass and we just move on because, you know, that couldn't have been done 18 months ago. Yeah. Let's get to predictions. Todd, go. Oh, I had one, and uh, I can it go was good. Yeah, go. Let me get it back. All right, Aaron, go ahead. Uh, Ron DeSantis will oh. show up to the family leader, uh, the family leaders uh, Thanksgiving family forum, after which there will be an attempt to keep him out of future debates. If that t- attempt is successful, the very first debate without Ron DeSantis will feature Donald Trump. I could completely see that chain of events occurring. Josh. My prediction, which is not necessarily what I'm hoping for, but what I'm predicting is that we have seen the final Republican presidential primary debate of the entire cycle. Because I think that this was actually a very good debate. I mean, it was a shockingly, surprisingly substantive debate. NBC News, to their credit, did a very good job. It allowed the candidates to really talk about the issues. And between the fact that Vivek took such a hard shot at Ronna McDaniel, who was clearly personally slighted, was personally agreed by that, and the fact that the candidates are now talking about substance and Trump's not going to show up. I, I look at all these factors combined. I don't see the RNC actually hosting another debate this cycle. I hope I'm wrong about that. Now, they announced one this morning in Alabama next month that News Nation and Megyn Kelly are going to moderate. They announced that this morning. In Alabama. In Alabama. Did, did they spell Iowa wrong? I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Todd, you remember now? Go ahead. A Rashida Tlaib, a Rashida Tlaib type, a Rashida Tlaib group will be nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, Iran on the Security Council, no nation's been cited more than Israel. And like like the next closest nation, by the way, is like in the is is like in the thirties, and Israel's See, been cited by the UN like over a hundred times. We always so, have the opposite of consequences. We normalize the most obscene crazy could totally see it. nonsense could totally see it uh my prediction is when adjusted for inflation that's the key you gotta adjust these numbers for inflation right when you always hear well this is the biggest movie money making movie of all time you have to adjust those numbers for inflation and chances are it's still like gone with the wind wizard of oz and the original star wars or titanic okay but when adjusted for inflation this would be the lowest amount of consumer spending for the christmas shopping season in history since we've been keeping the stat that's what i think when adjusted for inflation this will be the lowest consumer spending for the christmas shopping season since we've been keeping the statistic that's my prediction thoughts i think that that would actually be in an odd way kind of heartening you are so freaking Catholic, man. Goodness it, well, gracious. Well, no, it would... Because, listen, our, our blind gluttony... Finally more suffering! Our fandom and lack of citizenry, it would show some sobriety. Like, we gotta pull back. It's getting bad. We're just gonna start calling you Mass. What's Mass think? Mass, you're up. Josh, thank you, man. Good to see you as always, brother. Take care. And congrats again on the pleasure, wedding. guys. Thanks so much. You bet. We'll come back, and it'll be Feedback Friday when we do. 
All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He's Aaron McIntyre. You are you, and you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Just email the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. Don't forget, that's D-E-A-C-E. And if you're a podcast listener, thank you very much. Please, if you've yet to do so, leave us a five-star review. We're coming up on 10,000 of those on iTunes. We'd love to hit that mark. I don't know why. I just, it's a nice round number. You can also uh, hit subscribe or if you are on iTunes, follow. That way, every time we do a new episode, it shows up in your feed every single time. Also, if you want to get a signed copy of my first children's book we released last year, but it's an evergreen, Why Thanksgiving? Those are There's a few still available, and you can still get them in time for the holiday if you order now. We start shipping these, I believe, next week. Whythanksgiving.com is where you want to go. Whythanksgiving.com. This is the first in a trilogy of children's books, putting the finishing touches on the second one uh, that'll be out next spring called Why Easter? And then in 2026, for the uh, 250th birthday of America, we're going to do Why Independence Day uh, to wrap things up as we try to do our little part here in the Steve Dace universe to reclaim America's Christian heritage. So you can get a copy today signed by yours truly, so it'll be worth even less at whythanksgiving.com. Again, that's whythanksgiving.com. Feedback Friday brought to you by our friends over at Preborn. An outstanding ministry that, unlike a lot of pro-life organizations, is fully ready for the post-Roe era. They were already on the streets fighting in a way that, uh, that, that we have to fight the spirit of the age now. This is no more about send some big national organization all the money you can to get the judges to overturn Roe. We, we're going to have to win this, as we learned again on Tuesday night. We're going to have to win this uh, in our own backyards now. Okay, so the shibboleth of the dam has been slain. And we're all thankful for that. Nevertheless, the evil remains. And so we must remain vigilant. And they do that. They practice uh, both truth and grace. They confront mothers contemplating killing their children with the truth of an ultrasound so that they can hear, feel that baby's heartbeat. And about 80% of the time over the years, when they do, they don't go through with it. But they also know that that mom still needs a lot of hope. And so this is now where where the love comes in. Uh, And the grace comes in prenatal care, postnatal care, even counseling, all of that free of charge too. provided they've got funding that's tax deductible, by the way, from people like us. So as we are approaching the time of year that you're making those year end gifts, I can think of few that would be for a better cause than this one. Go to preborn.com slash Steve to make yours. You know, it's just 28 bucks for an ultrasound that has an 80% chance to save a human life. That's pretty good investment for 28 bucks, guys. All right. Or maybe you can do more. Preborn.com slash Steve. Again, preborn.com slash Steve. All right, you guys ready for some Feedback Friday? Let's do it. Indeed. All right, the first two we're going to start with are a little bit longer than what I typically like to entertain. And I always tell you guys, when you send me long notes, man, if you can't capture me right away, I, I will, even if it's great, I got to go. I just get, I got an email from a guy today, and I know I, I feel bad. I, I, apparently, I've been ignoring him. Guys, I, I'm working 1,400, 14-hour days as it is, man, and I get, I'm getting hundreds of these now, you know? And so I get through and try to address and see as many of them as I can. And, you know, the pithier they are, the, the better and the more likely I can entertain them. So... If, if I'm going to share these that are a little bit longer, that means I think these were pretty good and worth our time. All right. 
Um, I'm an avid listener to your show, and it played a key part in keeping me sane through COVID. The bombardment of hard truths shared by the three of you has challenged me as a man, and I strive to be the husband and father I'm called to be by my creator. Listening to each of you wrestle with the times and circumstances in which we live and understand what to do about them has led me to be a little bit more distrustful, but also prudent. So thank you for that. I grew up in, in Iowa on my family's farm. I've been involved in the farming industry to some degree for most of the thir- my 30 years on this planet. So relatively young man. Up until the past couple of years, I viewed big ag, think big pharma, but with an agricultural twist as amoral. As my farming career began, I didn't necessarily trust big business to have my best interest at heart, but I didn't think they were working to undermine my worldview either. I did my thing, they did their thing, and when we met in the arena of business, it was just that, business. That was until this summer, when I started being solicited for certain financial incentives by large ag corporations for implementing specific practices on my farm, and then I started to ask them why. I received an email from one of the biggest ones with a global footprint and as one of the largest soybean buyers and processors in the world. The person's title at this business was Climate Smart Origination Manager. How's that sound to you guys? Well, very new speak to you. Ministry of Information for you. Sound very Orwellian, right? Yeah. Or the prominent. Did he say what the pronouns were? That's a good point. Yeah, that's right. The person's title was Climate Smart Origination Manager. They were informing me that I was being offered cost share payment for a farming practice I already utilized on my farm ground, but I could only get the payment if I certified my acres with greenhouse gas emission scoring and carbon intensity scores through this corporation. Now, before I move on, let me let me put this in language you all understand. Okay. Back in the day, you know, you might have been a, a Jew. You might have been, you know, like we had our friend Josh or an Italian immigrant like my ancestors were. Okay. And you had a, you're, you're a first generation immigrant to America. You know, you, you, you got a shoe shine business. You got a barber shop. You know, you got a mom and pop stand. You're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to get your slice of the American dream. Okay, and it's just right there out on the waterfront, man, right there on the boardwalk. And one day, one day, a guy or maybe even a few of them dressed way too nice for this neighborhood. Know where I'm going with this? Dressed way too nice for this neighborhood. Knock on the door before business hours, of course, before the public shows up. And they walk in and they offer you, well, they're going to call it protection that's what they're going to call it and of course if you don't sign up for protection it ends with it's a nice it's a nice restaurant you have here nice barbershop you have here nice shoe shine business you have here it'd be a be ashamed if something happened to it that's what's about to be described here that resonate now yes everybody understand what i'm talking about now yes yeah okay so forget the orwellian terminology this is the mob, essentially. Okay. So I can continue to use basically what he's saying is I could use the, I could continue to use these practices on my farm, provided I did so through this large corporation. And they would give me the protection that it's meeting greenhouse emission standards and it's green energy safe by essentially signing over my own sovereignty. 
He goes on to write, Nathan does, I did some cursory Google searches on this company and other companies I have to do business with in order to sustain my livelihood. And they all offer similar incentives in the name of, quote, accelerating the transition to more sustainable agricultural practices and solutions, end quote. That's what they put in their ESG reports, he writes. These corporations are being motivated to make decisions by their human resources departments, wokeness and ESG, not their customers. They are literally farming out the implementation of their climate change initiatives in order to improve their ESG scores. This was quite a wake-up call for me. The financial incentives offered by these companies isn't anything that will make a corn, soybean, or wheat producer rich. But with the American, but what the American farmer has experienced with record high input prices the last two years, some of which you've seen passed on to you in the grocery store aisle. I recognize the game being played. Many of my farming colleagues will not and will not and gladly tie will not gladly tie one of our most precious resources, farmland, to the World Economic Forum wannabe corporations portfolios in return for a handout. The spirit of the age has infiltrated every level of our society down to how our very food is grown and produced. Which of you understood how globally tied our food supply and ag trade is? You would shudder at that thought. These corporations, either knowingly or unknowingly, are partnering with the spirit of the age to usher in the death cult under the guise of climate change in the ironic pursuit of trying to feed the growing world population. Let me stop right there. I, 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 I said this to you guys several months ago, but I'm going to say it again. I think the greatest horror movie ever made is The Omen, the original one, 1976. The sequel is pretty good, too, by the way. Sequel is pretty good, too. What a lot of people don't know is they they meant for this series of movies to be a trilogy originally. Okay? And there is a third movie. It's one of Sam Neill's first major starring roles, the actor Sam Neill. And in, and and so you saw Damien as an infant, the antichrist born into the world. You now see the antichrist on the brink of puberty, so he's about to step into manhood and accept his identity. That's the second movie. And then the third movie now is you know, for lack of a better description, the antichrist in all of his glory. And Warner Brothers intended this to be a great trilogy of films. And the, the third film is often panned. It's really not very good. And uh, there is a, there's kind of a weird special effect confrontation between Christ and Sam Neill's Antichrist at the end of the movie that's just yeah, that's kind of weird. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen it? Yeah. No, but... Yeah, it's really weird. They can't... They, there's no way they pulled that <laughs> no, off. No, they, and they didn't. <laughs> they, they, don't worry, they did not. <laughs> All right? But here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. In the Omen 3. You've said this before, and I've, I know. I've, I've, my I know. jaw dropped when you said it the first time. I know, time. but I'm, that's why I'm going to yeah. say it again, because it ties right into this. In the Omen 3, Damien takes the Thorn Industries conglomerate, which is largely cutting-edge technology. That's, that's what the family business is. But now he's in control of the family business. And what he does is he takes that technology, and he goes to all of these impoverished countries in the world, buys up all their land and then uses that technology to feed them so that they owe their allegiance to him. And this is how he imposes global dominion. He takes control of the majority of the world's food supply through a large global conglomerates, cutting edge technology to manufacture genetically modified foods. I'm not making this up. This, this movie is over 40 years old. 
And that's exactly what happens in this film. That This is how the Antichrist assumes global dominion. It's exactly... <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it's exactly what Nathaniel is describing in his email here, this 30-year-old Iowa farmer. The exact same line of thought. Except Thor, it's not called Thorn Industries. It's you know, it's called the World Economic Forum. Let's continue. This was a hot button issue being pushed into the ether when I was at Iowa State as a student 10 years ago. How will we feed the billions of people on the planet in 2050? This is like lines like right out of this movie, guys. I might have to watch this movie tonight just (laughs) at least like the first hour just to watch this all prophesy, prophesy, Warner Brothers. This is what he's describing, okay? And now these people, fearful of that question, they're in positions of power in these businesses and corporations. By having our control of our food supply, these elites control who eats and who does not. And it's taking root in America. It just hasn't moved into the spotlight yet. Nathaniel Harris. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Now, was that, was that worth the time? Oh, yes. Yeah. More than worth the time. Uh, Nathaniel, uh, I don't want you to... You started off with humility, uh, and I appreciate it because that's the way for true growth to happen, but true growth has happened. And what you need to do, and I mean this, is you need to be, because of your ability to take a lot of variables coming at you, a lot of uh, stimuli, a lot of pressure, and not only fold in the face of it, but bloom and understand exactly what's going on you need to look around you and i mean this you need whether it's whatever the county ag board the county board itself the city council mayor whatever you need to get in the ring you are the exact type of person that we need the citizens we need to stand up and take a post you get it if you can if you can discern all this The other topics, just do the same thing. Apply the same BS meter. If you do this kind of thing, our country will stand a chance. Run for something. Find the next opening. Don't worry about winning or losing so much. I mean, I hope you will, but say the things out loud. Get in the ring. We need you. Yeah, because if it's just you, and I mean, you have your your own farmer uh, friends, colleagues, not sure what you call fellow farmers. There's no way, there's no way the forces that we're talking about here can implement what they want to do if enough people just say no. There's just no tangible way for them to accomplish that. But that requires what? People saying no. So I I don't know what that looks like necessarily for you if it's just ignoring this corporation, probably something like that. But this requires organization as well. Maybe it's incumbent upon you to to start that up. But if enough people, I mean, we harped on this all along during COVID. And sometimes we had success. Most of the time we were disappointed. But they just can't enforce what they would like to enforce if enough people just say no. So I... I um, you know, I think you can do it. I think you can do it from listening to that note. I think you can do it. So 
go out and just say no. Tell them to get bent. I know that we have had the benefit because of the way our country was founded and the character and the courage of conviction of those who did the founding. Despite their own sins and their own blind spots, they established institutions that put us in positions that we would not have to collectively do what I'm about to suggest. But understand, though, you know, if, if you're a white guy from Iowa who's 30 years old, like Nathaniel Harris, or a white guy who's 50 from Iowa like me, this has largely not been asked of you ever. If you're black listening to me, you have parents and grandparents that this was asked of. If, well, this was asked of my Italian ancestors when they came here and lived in the ghettos first. Even with these institutions, there have been moments in history, even in this country, that we've had to do our ancestors, whether they were black or ethnic or Jews, had to do what I'm about to propose. Okay? None of this will happen. None of this will be deterred simply through the voting process. And then we just farm out our citizenship as, you know, as, and, and give, and, and by proxy, hand that over to people who would then act on our behalf. For every Ron DeSantis out there that does that, there's a hundred of them you, you're voting for because they're not communists who have no, who will never do it. We're going to have to do what previous generations did. Collectively say no. And to the point that we're going to be willing to lose something for that. A job, a relationship, a career, standing, significance. We're going to have to learn collectively to say no. And in this very moment, no matter what you think you could lose, and it might be significant, yeah, let's you not wait under, any longer, let, let's, you're going to lose more, though. That's, that's right. a promise. That's like, let's not underplay that the things no. I just mentioned you may lose are not significant. I mean, w- it, when we pushed against the COVID narrative here, if we were wrong, and, and I made this point very clear to both you, both you two and wanted you to make this clear to your families like I was making it clear to mine. If we're wrong, we're never working in this business ever again, nor shall we, because we, we were wrong about something that was a literal life and death situation and deceived people. So when people say, well, you don't take any risks, I've taken a ton of risks. I've taken risks some of you don't want to remember I took. I took a great risk being never Trump. A lot of you don't agree with that at the time. I ended up changing my mind after I saw what the guy did when he was actually in office. But that was a great risk. Just actively saying, I'm not going to support the Republican nominee on what's, we call it conservative media, but in many cases, especially at Salem, and I like Salem, they're great to me, but they are directly attached to the Republican Party. And that's what we worked for at the time. So I've taken a ton of risks, actually. And, and uh, uh, these things are not insignificant. Now, we don't want to make it sound like they're trite. They're not. They're going to get worse, though. But, th- but, but Todd is right. The things you'll have to risk later if we don't risk something now will be even harder and worse. We're going to have to learn to say no. We're going to have to learn, here I stand, I could do no more, and may God have mercy on my soul. We're going to have to learn to say no. It's a simple word, but it is not easy. It will be hard. 
I know there's a lot of you, in some places there were great successes and lots of other places there were not. In terms of what Moms for Liberty, God bless them, trying to do on the various school board elections this year. That's a reminder. The devil's not going to say, by golly, it's adorable. Look at all these just beautiful moms. Look at all these mama bears. It just gets angrier. And who, whose, whose husbands probably find them every bit as attractive as the day they married them. And now, and now they're just out there, man, just mama bearing it up. And just, just these, these beautiful warrior, Xena warrior princess. You know what? It's adorable. I'm just going to walk away. You can have your schools back. No. Nope. The grip will get tighter. Because the battle is now actually on. The battle is now actually on. And this is, this country's Gotham City now. The institutions are either ineffective or lawless. And until you can put more James Gordons in charge of said institutions, that's going to remain the case. And so what it's going to take now is more Batman-like activity. But understand, how did the criminal underworld in Gotham respond when finally the richest guy in town started donning a cape and a cowl and saying, you know what, man, I'm just going to start beating people's faces in. Did they just take it? No. They just say, well, you know, that's, I guess the, the good guys fought back. Props to you. Poor one out. Is that what they did? They did not. They got crazier. They got zanier. They got angrier. Because this is real evil. And the first thing that evil wants to test is our resolve. Do we really mean it? Will we punt? Will we quit at the first sign of resistance? Here's the thing. Our creator wants to know the exact same thing. That's why he lets that happen. Okay? That's a little tip on the dope, Ryan. Maybe you didn't get from your, your homily or your sermon at church last Sunday. Our creator allows the enemy to do that because he wants to test our resolve too. You see, he went all the way to the cross for you, all the way to the end, bled out, choked on his own saliva, asphyxiated out there in the desert all by himself and flanked by criminals and almost all of his supporters deserting him, mocked, scorned, derided. He went to the end. They rolled the stone in front of a tomb. He was dead. He went to the end. So what he wants to know is, are you going to go to the end? You're going to finish the race. He wants to know too. So he, in his sovereignty, allows this kind of testing to happen. To test our resolve. Make no mistake, this is a battle of resolve. And punting on it now will not, will not stave off the battle. Instead, it will make the battle even worse, violent, Antietam. That's where this goes. Every time. Name the culture. It's Maccabee storming the temple. It's, it's, it's Bull Run to Antietam to Gettysburg to uh, marches to Atlanta to Appomattox. That's where this goes every time. So the idea that avoiding the conflict now will just make it go away, no, it'll make the conflict worse later when there's no alternative but to have it at that point. We don't have to go there. We don't. Doesn't mean we don't have to sacrifice something. Doesn't mean someone's livelihood's not going to get wrecked. 
doesn't mean somebody's comfort is not going to be disturbed. But we need to look at our children and grandchildren and understand what will be asked of them if we don't do some mild, by comparison, suffering now is way worse compared to the suffering that they will have to do because of later because of what we weren't willing to do previously. Amy and I sat down with a financial planner a month ago. Kids are moving out. She, her therapy career is going well. The show right now, despite our better efforts, is going well. And so we have to... These are conversations we didn't have the resources to waste our time having even three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. Financial planner, first thing he asked me is, What do you want? What's the number one goal? My number one goal is that I do not want my children and grandchildren to bear my burden when I can no longer carry it myself. That I handled my business now so that they don't have to handle my business later. That they get their own lives. They can have their own families. That I'm not a burden on them and neither is their mom. That's my number one goal. That is the number one goal we all need to have right now. We will fight this to the death in the arena of ideas, metaphorically speaking, now. Or they will be asked to fight this to the death in the real arena later. And it would be a shameful thing for us to sentence that to them. It doesn't have to go like that. It doesn't. But we're going to need a little more perseverance. We're going to need a little more orneriness. We're going to need a little more willingness to be hated than we have collectively right now. And humility and awareness, especially in the blessings. By all means, and Steve counsels on this regularly, you, you do not have to suddenly become an ascetic or anything like that. When I, I mean, I, my lecture is about yeah. we are addicted to comfort. We are, and it's a problem. I'm not asking you to be ascetic, but recognize right now when you go to that college football game this weekend, and you enjoy that tailgate. By all means, do so. But remember, like 200 feet across the crowd, probably at the university you're going to, they were just yelling "kill the Jews" yes. 48 hours ago. Yes. Remember that. Yes. So what will you do? As soaking up these blessings to make sure you look that in the eye and do something about it. Because if you're not willing to, then, yeah, I'm going to tell you, you have no right to go to that damn football game. Phenomenal point there. Our friends over at Jace Medical, see, they're trying to learn from history, too. I mean, they originally came on board in the aftermath of COVID and the emergency and the uh, the smearing of renowned Drugs that may or may not have ended up being effective treatments for COVID. We didn't get a chance to know at the time for no good reasons. And so they wanted to make sure that should there be another emergency in the future, the next round of formerly venerable medications wouldn't be suddenly taken away from us. Well, now they've got an even more practical concern. Um, We've got critical shortages of essential drugs here in the country that's causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, even the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. So now they're offering a, a, a twist on the Jace case. It's customizable. You can customize 
with lots of options, which drugs you want to have a backup plan for, including the ones that you need. And yes, ivermectin can be included in your customizable Jace case as well. So if you want to take advantage of this, to have that peace of mind of knowing you're secure, at least for up to a year, should the next time the next emergency come along and they decide, yeah, after all, we're going to take these away from you and not give you access. Go to jacemedical.com, enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount on your order. That's jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, J-A-S-E is how it's spelled, jacemedical.com. Use the discount code DACE for the checkout, at checkout for the discount on your order at jacemedical.com. All right, discount code DACE. This is, this is also why I get so angry about the obsession we have with polls. I mean, we go through this primary, guys, and, and Donald Trump ends up kick, caving Ron DeSantis' face in. I'll be the first guy to stand up and say, hey, we played it out. We got our asses kicked. Time to move on. Okay? But this obsession with results that have not, calling things over that have not occurred while we're, while we're not engaged in the fight that's actually occurring and getting yeah. outflanked, that's my problem. It, it's not even really even about the, the candidates themselves or what the poll, it's this idea of being obsessed with things that have not happened while what is actually happening, yes. we're not part of that going on. And, we, and, and so every election shows up and the results of not being a part of that shows up in real time. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Don't forget about our friends over at My Patriot Supply. Did you see my prediction on the day script uh, about uh, 40 minutes ago? When adjusted for inflation, I think this will be the least amount of consumer spending ever recorded during the Christmas shopping season. I think we'll set a record for the worst. Um, just be ready. I mean, it's better to be prepared for something and not need it than to need it and not be prepared. And you can get the three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Stays good for well over 20 years with uh, proper storage and shelf life. They've got well over a dozen types of meals inside, so you can mix and match for variety. Um, And it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks. So you get the full 2,000-plus calories that you need per day. And not to mention just that peace of mind of knowing it's there and you're ready to go. Free shipping if you get it via preparewithdace.com. Go to preparewithdace.com for free shipping uh, with the three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply at preparewithdace.com. All right, another note that's a little longer that I wanted to share with the audience that I hope you'll find at the end was worth the while. Uh, And this is uh, from Janet in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. She says, you guys had an evergreen show on October 18th and told the story about David and his daughter that turned against he and his family. And she cut off all ties because they did not support her sinful lifestyle. I want to respond to David and encourage him. Back in 2012, I took a stand for God against my oldest son's lifestyle. I told him I could not support it. He told me that he knew what I believed, but that he did not think I'd actually follow through on my beliefs. We both said some things, and in January of 2013, all ties were cut off. Needless to, say, I, needless to say, I shed many tears over that. I took a stand for God, and it cost me my son. However, I knew that at some point God would restore our relationship. 
So I put my son in God's hands and went on with my life. Every time I thought of him, I would pray. Was it easy? Absolutely not. However, I kept the faith knowing that God is faithful. In October 2021, I had COVID. I was in the hospital. They wanted to treat me with all sorts of stuff I did not want, so I refused it all. I told the hospital staff I wanted to go home. Boy, were they mad at me because I refused their death sentence. They told me that if I left, I could die. I told them that if I was going to die, I was going to do so in my apartment on my own terms. There was a reason for that. Because I didn't know if I was going to make it or not, I told God that I needed to hear my son's voice. One more time. Keep in mind, we had not talked in person since October of 2012. I sent my son a message on Facebook telling him I just needed to hear his voice. He sent me his phone number and I got to talk to him in October of 2021 for the first time in almost a decade. It was a great day. I shed many tears when the phone call was over. However, God was not done yet. In March of this year, I got a message from my son's girlfriend. She said my son was in ICU uh, and, and, and they were not sure he was going to make it. Well, there was no hesitation that I was getting on a plane to go see him. God worked it out the next day. I was on a plane to Arizona. My prayer going out there was that he not die before I get there. Well, I got there and he was alive. His nurse had told him that I was coming. I walked into the room and he seemed genuinely glad to see me. I was so glad to see him for the first time since 2012. We had a nice reunion, but God was still not done yet. My youngest son lives in Oklahoma. He and his older brother also had not been speaking. He drove from Oklahoma to Arizona to be with us. Needless to say, when he told me he was coming too, I began to cry. Why? Because I knew what God was going to do. I knew that he was going to restore my family after all these years of tears, heartache, and prayer. He was going to give me my family back. Why? Because he is faithful. We all talked and talked about what we needed to talk about and asked for forgiveness from one another for the things that were said and done. It was a wonderful time of watching God answer the prayers of this mom. It was wonderful to be able to take a picture of the three of us in the hospital room totally restored. It took over 10 years, but it did happen. If you read this, please forward this to David and his family. I want he and his family to know that they are not alone. I want them to know never to give up, never to lose faith, never to quit praying because we have a God that is faithful. And if David and his family stand strong in their faith, our God will restore his family, I believe, like he did mine. I believe that because I experienced what they are going through right now. I've lived it. I know the ups and downs, the pain of not knowing where your adult child is, the pain of losing that child because of your stand for God. What I can say is that there will be great rejoicing when God brings that restoration. So hold on. His timing is always perfect. You know, it's funny when you, what, how the spirit moves in you and what, what image comes to mind? Because again, this is about timing. It's about timing. And right there at the end, I got this image. This is me, but here is a, a woman, a regular flesh and blood woman talking about this. But the image that comes into my head is one of the most amazing movie scenes in a theater I've ever been a part of because of its effect on everybody watching. And they were feeling the hours and the hours and the hours of setup before it. They were feeling the timing of it. And it was perfect. And it would have been all wrong if it happened hours and hours, hours before. Right now, the timing is perfect. Your letter made me think of all of a sudden Thor's hammer flying across the screen and Captain America grabbing it perfection the timing trust that something beyond us 
is governing what is going on. And this woman did it in very hard times. One of the great problems is that we, again, we in very good times, the people of this nation year after year after year have not only forgotten to trust that, but actually resented needing to trust that. We're better than that. We've moved on. We're smarter than that. We've evolved no, beyond that. you're not. You're as bad as ever. And that's the problem. God bless you for your humility and your long-suffering. You have been rewarded. This is the... This is the... Uh, it's not a catch-22, but the, the narrow road of the, of the Christian walk... That simultaneously on things that we can't control, we have to be still and know that God is God. Yet simultaneously, simultaneously, happening at the same time, on things we can control, be doers of the word, not hearers only. She couldn't control what her son did. She had to understand that God was in control. What she could control is how she responded. And she was a doer of the word. By actually, by actually giving this to God. That's, that's the walk that we all have to walk. It's not one or the other, but it is a narrow road because humans in our fallen state, we want to go for the simple solutions. And like a pendulum swing from one extreme to the other. No, that, that story is just a story of walking the narrow road and walking it for 10 years. Mm. That's not easy. But you can hear, I, I could hear it through, through the email, the joy and peace that she experiences and is experiencing and enjoying right now. It may not ever happen if there are families that are estranged. It, it, it could, it, it may not ever happen. But she said at the very beginning, I had faith in God that it would. Do, do we have that level of faith on, on almost anything and mass as Americans right now, even those of us who claim the name of Jesus Christ, do we have that type of faith that you just heard? I, I don't want to answer that question. If just 10% of us did, things, whether it's in our families, ourselves, in our communities, again, things would change overnight. That's an example of the very perseverance we were just talking about mm -hmm. a few minutes ago, too, by the way. All right. Uh, this one is fun from Andrew. Uh, he says, I met you guys at the, uh, or I met Steve at the Michigan GOP Monroe County Lincoln dinner he spoke at. I was the disabled young man on crutches. I just wanted to write to thank you for taking the time to meet me and sign my sign my Bible. I, I always get weird when people ask me to do that. You guys know I'm not the author, right? Okay, so, but, okay. Um, and, and for mentioning me on your show, my mom was very excited about that because she's the one I watch your show with every day. I was born with spina bifida, and the doctors tried to get my parents to abort, to abort me multiple times, but they refused. My mom said she knew that God had a plan for my life and had a vision for it. Uh, this is one reason I'm very much pro-life, and I loved hearing you had a similar story of having survived the pro-aborts attempts 
I've always been interested in politics, but I started watching your show right before the COVID era. I immediately appreciated the fact you were one of the few shows to tell the truth regardless. You said recently that you think more like our enemies ruthlessly and just tether it more to a Christian worldview. Well, that's how I tend to think. I don't look, I, I don't look, into, I don't look into a person. I don't look like it in person. I'm soft-spoken and shy, but like you said, inside I'm lion-hearted. The Lord gave me a vision to start and pastor a church, and he told me to call it a tree uh, planted firmly from Psalm 1-1. I want to help who, whatever is left of the remnant of the true church to grow and be like the trees firmly planted, because in this unprecedented era, the world is throwing everything it can at the church to destroy it, and we need to be prepared. I may not have much like the boy with two loaves and five fish. I will give it all to the Lord to fight the spirit of the age and help his church. I say none of this to brag or to take up too much of your time. I just wanted to share some of my story and maybe inspire you that there are still some people fighting the good good fight. Not enough, but some since you were gracious to me and the three of you have been such an inspiration to me to keep going. So, Andrew, thank you, man. It was a thank you. It was an absolute honor yeah. to to meet you and uh, get a chance to meet your old man as well. So, and a hello to your mom. Um. All right, this is going to be fun. Let's close it out with uh, Gary Cole in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I spent last weekend looking for the program from March of 2020 when you discussed the report from Imperial College, uh, and Steve being prompted to look into was who was funding it. So I watched almost two weeks worth of shows from March 9th to March 17th. March 17th, 2020 was the episode. I thought I'd share some thoughts regarding those shows from that era. Number one, I was amazed how good you were about trying to keep people calm, taking vitamin C and D, losing weight, uh, and, and treat this like you would during any cold or flu season. All turned out to be good advice. Remember, this was very early in the COVID story before you even had on people like Dr. Ryan Cole and Dr. Scott Atlas. I didn't realize that the foam panels that are currently behind Aaron were from the uh, were, were from the original set. One was behind Todd, and the other was behind where guests were seated. Not only from that set, but from when you guys did uh, three hours a night on Salem. How young Aaron looked made me feel old just seeing him. Um, had forgotten that you guys used to take calls, but I don't really miss that. <laughs> we don't either. <laughs> Neither do we. Um, Found this twist on your buy, sell, or hold segment you may not remember. You all had a lot of fun with this. Aaron presenting headlines and Steve and Todd having to determine if they were real or from the Babylon Bee. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. We should do that again sometime. He go, and he says, hey, you might want to do that again. Yeah. yeah. Laughed when watching the Days Group on March 13th and the exit question had Lindsey Graham as part of the exit question. I had no idea that this went back that far. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, Bob Vanderplatz was the Days Group guest that show. And I had forgotten about all the panic buying that went on at the beginning of this. All four of you talked about either going out that day or, or, or had already uh, gone out yesterday to stock up just in case everything was shut down. I actually did the same thing. The shows brought back a lot of memories from the early days of COVID. Some good, many bad. Thanks for all you guys did then and continue to do today. It seems like a different life. It does. There's, even though it, it's the most pivotal moment yeah. of, of, of my lifetime from a cultural standpoint it still almost feels at times like it never happened you know or it happened like decades ago yet even yet as we're living through all of the the ramifications for that time right now uh let's close it out with this one my daughter is a senior in high school 
Tis the season of peers receiving college acceptance letters. We've had a plan in place that she will take her basics at a local community college while she adjusts for the first year. Uh, ultimate goal is to be accepted into uh, the school she wants to go to's radiology program, which is no easy feat. They only accept 20 students per year. I'm writing this in the hopes that you could give words of encouragement as she watches her friends move on to the big schools. Likewise, my 15-year-old son is hoping to follow in his firefighter dad's footsteps if he doesn't become a Major League Baseball pitcher first. Nicole Mitchell in Lampasas, Texas. Well, um, it sounds like your son's got a good plan, man. I'm going to I'm going to aim for the stars and if that doesn't work, you know, I'm going to I'm going to, you know, try to save people's lives. I, I think your son's good. To your daughter, here man, I went to community college. And look how I turned out. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe that's not all that encouraging on second thought. All right. So, that's the best I got for your kid, Nicole. I I'm a proud community college alum. You know? Which Depending on your point of view, may or may not be all that inspiring for your for your daughter. Was it Grand Rapids? Grand Rapids Community College. What yeah. was the mascot? Oh gosh, I don't remember. I don't. Man, I don't know. I don't remember. At least it didn't take you thirteen years to do a four year bachelor's degree like it did me. It wasn't even Bachelor of Science. It was a Bachelor of Arts. It took me thirteen years. Thirteen years. Well I have it hanging up in my man cave just so I can laugh. Just, just to laugh at it. You finished the race. I did eventually. Yes. <laughs> and what a long, years. And what a long, grinding race it was. Hey, I know if you're struggling with pain, folks, uh, particularly from uh, inflammation in your joints, check out our friends over at Relief Factor. It is the drug-free anti-inflammatory created by physicians who can prescribe drugs. Because they know if there's a way to do it drug-free, there's not always a way to do it drug-free, man. So take advantage of the miracles of modern medicine. Uh, But if there is a way to do it drug-free so that you don't worry about side effects or taxing other systems and organs, take full advantage of that as well. We think there's pretty good odds. Relief factor is that pain solution for you. How good of odds? About 70%. Because about 70% of the time, people who try the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five see such great results in three weeks or less, they end up sticking around long-term. So if you want to put them to the test, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Just nineteen ninety-five. What do you have to lose for 20 bucks? See, if you don't see a difference in your pain in three weeks or less at relieffactor.com. All right, gentlemen, final thoughts? Um... Just seeing this come across, people posting that it's amazing, the evil in the world. This is an actual elementary school teacher in the Des Moines public schools posting a selfie and saying, every day is another opportunity to force kids in public schools to be gay. They're just laughing in your face. But you got stuff to do. You think about that this weekend. It's the Grand Rapids Community College Raiders. (laughs) Raiders. Pivots. It's the Raiders. I like that you looked it up. <laughs> the greatness of the Raiders. Yes. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, have some Sabbath time this weekend, if you possibly can. I'm going to as well. It was uh, driving last weekend. I was not able to be on my phone. Completely unplugged. Even though it was a grueling 2,000-mile journey, it was nice to be completely unplugged for a while. Try to get some of that time in this weekend. Always good advice. We're going to stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, enjoy that weekend. John 317.